Praise the Lord. Get your shout on when everything is going good. Isn't that the truth? When the sun is shining, when we got this big, gigantic, beautiful moon like we've had the last few nights, you just look at God's creation and go, oh, wow, praise the Lord. Everything's good. Everything's going to be all right. But what about when rough times happen? Has anybody in this auditorium, now listen carefully, never faced a difficulty? Never had any kind of test or trial. Anybody in here? Well, I think we're all honest in the house tonight. And we've all lived for a little while. Because in this world, we're going to have some things that are not always rosy. I think I shared it on Sunday night that, you know, Jesus said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. And if we stop there, we could just get sad. We could get down and say, oh, bummer. But it didn't stop there. Over in John, he said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But, what did he say? But be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Why? Because I have overcome the world. So when we face difficult situations, on the other side of that is, praise God, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so tonight we're going to talk about how we just praise God even in the midst of difficult situations. We'll begin reading over at Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and I want to read it out of the Amplified. Do not fret, have any anxiety any it didn't say a little bit's okay you can worry when things are really bad you can get anxious when you got a lot of bills to pay or it's okay to fret if you've got an attack against your physical body no he said do not fret or have any everybody say any any anxiety about Anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request. This is the part I want you to see with what? With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants. The King James says your request known to God. So is it okay to worry? It's not okay to worry. Is it hard not to worry? I mean, most of us, even though we love Jesus with all of our hearts, it's difficult not to worry when things arise in our lives. I remember our spiritual father, Brother Kenneth e. Hagen. You know, he was healed when he was 17 years old, came off of a a deathbed, literally, and God supernaturally healed him through his faith, him standing on the word of God. And then a few years later, he met his wife, Aretha. They got married pretty young. They had a couple of of kids and, and she was new to, you know, the word that Brother Hagin was teaching. She loved Jesus. She got filled with the Holy Ghost like after they were uh, married, but she was new to, you know, how he was teaching on faith and he had learned to cast his cares over on the Lord. Isn't that scriptural? First Peter chapter five, verse seven, cast 
your cares over upon the Lord. So he was really good about that. So here they are, young couple, two little kids, pastoring a church, hardly making any money. It's during the Depression days. And so, you know, they're just trying to scrape and make ends meet. And Aretha's concerned, concerned about how they're going to feed the kids, concerned about this, concerned about that. So she's telling Brother Hagin all her worries and all of her concerns. And he just was completely silent. Wasn't buying into it. Nothing to worry about. So they're getting ready to go into their house. They're on their front porch and he's opening the door and she just got mad. Have you ever, you know, sometimes if you are upset or you are worried and your spouse or your friend is just chilled, it just gets you even more agitated because they won't have a pity party with you or they won't worry with you. So she looked at him. She said, Kenneth. I don't think if me and the kids both fell dead right now on this porch that you would worry. And he said, certainly not. Why start worrying then? Well, you know, of course, that didn't make her happy. But it was just the point was I've learned not to take the care of what's going on in life. You may have heard this saying, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. You can sit in the same spot and rock and rock and rock for eight hours straight. And unless you don't get real good at it and make it move a little bit, you aren't going anywhere. You're going to be in the same spot. It doesn't produce anything. Now, this scripture says, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer. So we are to offer up prayer to the Lord, but our prayer is supposed to be in line with the word of God and our prayer can't be about works. Okay. If I pray for eight hours a day, then God is obligated to answer my prayer. No, he's not. You can pray frantically. And did you know you can pray in fear? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. These kids, oh Jesus. And not have an ounce of faith about it. Not say anything scriptural. And you know what? It, God's not going to hear and answer that prayer. He hears and answers prayers that are based upon the word of God. So that's what this scripture is talking about. First of all, you don't do worried or scared prayers. Scared for some of you, if you don't know what that is. You don't do worried or scared prayers. You pray in faith, not in fear. And then the other component we want to notice here, and in everything, in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, not for everything. People get mixed up and they say, okay, I'm supposed to praise God for everything. No, you're not. We don't praise God if we fall and break our leg. Thank you, God, for breaking my leg. We don't praise God, you know, if we lose our job in case you really, really wanted to get another job. You don't praise God for bad things happening. He, he's not the author of it. Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from the Father above. 
He can't give you cancer because he doesn't have it. He can't do bad things to his children because that's not his nature. God is love. So we're not thanking him for bad things. Now, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of even religious thinking that says, yeah, but when I broke my back and I was literally flat on the bed for months, I got closer to God. Well, thank God you finally called upon the Lord and even you couldn't move. So you focused on him and he got your attention, but it wasn't him that broke the back. It wasn't him that put the sickness and disease upon us. So we're not thanking him for bad things, but we do need to praise him and thank him in every situation. This verse here lets us see two things. It's talking about prayer and it's talking about thanksgiving and praise. And that's important. When we pray, we also need to praise. We need to thank him ahead of time. Too many times we wait until the answer shows up. And then we're going to be grateful. Then we're going to be thankful. But listen to this. The word in here, it denotes at the start, during, and at the finish. In other words, in means we should praise God when the test starts, right in the middle of it, and of course, at the end of it. I just looked up the word in, actually in Webster's, and it says, during the course of and before the end of. What's it say? Okay, you want to preach? You can help. You do? Okay. First Thessalonians. Don't get me off track. First Thessalonians 5. What did you say? First, First Thessalonians 5.18. I didn't have that one down, but that's obviously we're talking about that. Thank God in. There it is. In again. Thank you, honey. That's actually a very good scripture right here. Thank God in. There it is again, in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. See, he has my notes, so he's already looking and I didn't have that one, so he thought he helped me out. (laughs) In everything, but that's exactly right, during the course of, before the end of. Too many say, I'm going to praise God when I get through this and this test is over. And that's a good thing to do. But what about right when it starts? Okay, Lord, in everything, in every circumstance, I don't like what's happening right now. I know you didn't send this bad time test in my life, but I still know you are God. God is God. Hallelujah. I still know you are good and you are good all the time. And I am 
I'm confident and that's why I'm going to go ahead and praise you ahead of time because I am confident that you always cause me to triumph. Hallelujah. In every circumstance, every single time, you always cause me to win. That's why we can praise him. When the thing starts, we can praise him in the middle of it when it seems like it's not ever going to stop. And that's why when it finally does come to an end, we can really go, whoo, I told you, devil, I knew this was going to come to naught. I told you, devil, my God always makes a way of escape. I told you, devil, God always causes me to triumph because I am more than a conqueror glory be to God that's why we praise him and that's why we get the results that we want to get now there's another thing here back in Philippians where we just read in chapter 4 that praising God also produces peace I just saw this today you know the the next verse Philippians 4 7 in the new King James and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. All of you students out there, what's and? Do you remember all of those little things from and is a conjunction. Pastor Tom gets a gold star. Oh, you do too. I was looking at PT. I heard him first. You you didn't get your hand on the buzzer quick enough. He buzzed first. And is a conjunction. And what is a conjunction? It joins what you're currently saying to what was just said. So this is telling us verse 6 where we're praying with thanksgiving, giving God thanks in every situation. Then he says, and when you do that, when you pray in faith and when you thank God ahead of time before the answer shows up and you will have peace and then you will have peace because you're acting on the word of God. There is a peace which passes our understanding. There's a peace that passes our mind. Our thoughts. Aren't you glad? We don't live here. We live here. There's a peace of God in our hearts. Hallelujah. When we know that we know that we know God is faithful. God does hear. And God does answer prayers. Hallelujah. God delivers us. How many times does he deliver us out of the hand of the enemy? Every single time. Time. He's in the delivering business. And when we do go through hard times, God promises that he brings his children forth. Brings us forth with joy and he brings us forth in style. I love this Bible story and it's not just a story. It's an account over in Daniel chapter three, an account of the three Hebrew children. Anybody know their names? Okay, class. And Abednego. Okay, Pastor Nancy, I was giving you chance number two. I was giving you the second chance to name the three Hebrew children. (laughs) 
the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all have heard me tell this story before, but I like it, so I'll tell you again. Of course, I grew up in Sunday school, and we had this great big, huge Bible stories for kids. It was big. It was white. It was on our coffee table. I mean, you had to be strong to pick it up. But we loved it because at night our parents would read us a Bible story. That's a good thing to do before you go to bed. Meditate on the Word of God regardless of how old or how young you are. So what of this? We love this story. And I have two younger brothers, but my littlest brother, Randy, he's uh, six years younger than I am. But we all laugh about this to this day because when he was little, just learning to talk, he loved this story. And he'd say, Mom, Mommy, read us that story about Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. He thought it was to bed we go. (laughs) So however you want to say their names, these three Hebrew children were in captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar was the king. And he made this golden image. And he commanded that everyone fall down and worship this golden image. Well, we know that they refused to do so. And it infuriated the king that they weren't going to worship this golden image. So he had already made this decree. If you don't worship this golden image, you're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. So when they did it, he told the people, heat it up. Ten times hotter. We're going to throw them in there. And you know, he was evil and he was wicked. And I'm sure he was just waiting for them to melt. Just wanted to see them melt or become crispy critters. So they threw them in there. But what happened? Oh, I like this. Verse 24 of Daniel 3. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and he spoke. You know why? Why? You'll find out in a minute. Saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said, true, O king. And then he said, look, look. I don't see three men. They're not bound either. I see four men loosed, walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Let's take a praise break. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, for your delivering power, your keeping power, your protecting power. Hallelujah! Woo! It left the people speechless when they saw that God had shown up in the midst of Of this fiery furnace. And that king was, I'm sure he was like, who is that fourth man in the fire? Brother Earl Roberts, an awesome man of God, went across this nation holding healing crusades all throughout the 50s, the 60s, even many years ago. He still was holding those. But he preached a sermon called, who is that fourth man in the fire? What's the answer? Who is That fourth man in the fire. It's Jesus. The son of the living God. And Jesus showed up. In the midst of their test and trial. He showed up. In that fiery. Fiery furnace. And the only thing that happened to them. Was he burnt off. 
those bonds that they uh, bondage, those ropes that they have bound them with. Hallelujah. The fire didn't hurt them at all. So it goes on. Let's look in verse 27. And the satraps and the administers, the governors and the king's counselors, they gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of smoke was not found on them. Another time to say, hallelujah. They were unaffected by the fire. Their hair wasn't even singed. Their clothes didn't have any holes of sparks, you know, landing on them and burning holes in their clothes. They didn't look like some of these cartoon characters. You see these cartoon characters like, what was that one? Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Some of you are old enough to remember that. But the road, the Coyote was always after the roadrunner, but he'd set traps and everything for him. This guy'd get blown up, the dynamite, get things dumped on him, but he'd always continue to live. But when cartoon characters got blown up, you know, their hair'd be singed, sticking this way, their clothes all burnt off. That's not what the Hebrew children looked like that day. They didn't look like they'd been through the fire. They didn't even smell like smoke. Hallelujah. And they weren't barely alive. The king didn't say, oh, they didn't burn to death already. Let somebody get down there and pull them out. Call the paramedics. I think I sense a little bit of a pulse. No, they came out in style. Our God always delivers us and he delivers us in style. The three Hebrew children, they went into that fiery furnace, praising God and God alone. No king, we won't bow to your idol. We worship the only true and the living God. They went into that fiery furnace praising God. And when they came out, others were praising their God. Hallelujah. The way that we come through difficult times, the way that we come out as overcomers, not only should put a praise on our lips, but the attitude that you have, the very sense and the smell, the old victory that you have on you when you come through something, it ought to cause others around you to glorify your God. When they look at us, how did you get through that? How were you able to face that? And our answer is, my God, my God is with me. My God always puts me over. It ought to cause people to say, "Woo! I want to meet your God. I'll just praise his name as well. And people ought to look at our lives and say, "Woo! look what the Lord hath done. That's basically what the king said that day. It goes on. It says that he makes a decree, you know, that, well, nobody say anything against their God because he's the true and the living God would to God that our lives 
or that kind of testimony, that we were a praise unto him. That's what our lives are supposed to be. A praise unto our God. Not taking glory for ourselves. You know, we're not, we don't have this false humility thing. Oh, you know, I'm a worm, whatever, and all that stuff. But we ought to know all that I am, all that I have, all that I will ever be, all glory goes to him. He gets all the praise. Amen. We want to hear men praise the Lord. Now, in the remainder of our time, I want to look at some scriptures over in Psalms that talk about this. Psalms 107. We're going to look in the King James, and we'll begin at verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. For what? For his goodness. We want people to know that God is good. Not that he's going to beat you up and he's going to get you when you make a wrong move. No, the church needs to be declaring, God is good. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. You know, one of the things that we use, oh, for is to express something really strong. It's a strong expression. Oh, have you ever just done that? Whoa. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, that's so wonderful. We can all relate to this. Maybe you have somebody a relative in your family that you're getting ready to go into the holiday seasons. And every year they bake this delicious dessert or, or some kind of a dish that you all just really, really enjoy. And you ask them what's in that and they won't tell you. They won't tell you how they make it or what the ingredients are. But every year everybody tastes it and then they just go, oh, that's so good. Oh, that's delicious. I know that uh, maybe you go out and eat in a restaurant and you order something and, oh, man, it's so yummy. And I know for sure from experience, if Pastor Market and I ever go somewhere and, to eat and I order something and it looks better than what he ordered, <laughs> and I take a bite and I go, oh, this is so delicious. He trusts my judgment. In food. He trusts my judgment in a lot of things. But if I go, oh, this is so delicious, I don't even have to say, do you want a bite? Before I can get, oh, this is delicious out of my mouth, his fork is on my plate. And that bite is in his mouth. And you know, his bites are pretty big because sometimes I'm like, I was saving that last piece. And he's like, it was just a bite. And I'm like, a bite? In whose terms? That was half of it. Anyway. So, but if I say, oh, this is delicious. He knows that that is something really, really good. And if we'll do that over food 
Did you know that we ought to do it over the word of God? Jeremiah 15, 16 says, the prophet Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And what happens when we eat the word? And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Have you ever just opened the Bible? And you know, maybe it's been a really busy time and you haven't had as much time with Jesus or in his word. And you open the Bible and you go, oh, that is delicious. Oh, that word is so refreshing. We can get excited about the word. We can taste the word of God. As a matter of fact, the psalmist over at another place, Psalms 34, 8, he said that. Oh, taste and see. Psalms 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Here it is again. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. I love the psalmist David's revelation of God, of the Lord. He wasn't born again like we're born again, but he had a relationship with the Lord, his God. He knew that he was good. Then he says, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. How many in here trust in the Lord with all of your heart? You're not leaning to your own understanding. You're trusting. You got full confidence in him and in the fact that he loves you and the fact that he wants to do good things for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now let's go back to Psalms 107. This is such a beautiful chapter. The whole thing. Back to Psalms 107 verse 15. Three more times David uses this same phrase. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Then again, in verse 21, read it with me. Oh, you can just leave the same verse up there because it's the same. (laughs) Verse 21, read it with me. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. One more time in this same chapter, verse 31. Read it with me. We're seeing a pattern here, aren't we? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Hallelujah. David had seen the wonderful works of the Lord. David had tasted and of the goodness of God. And I, and you can read some of the other chapters in the book of Psalms, even how he describes the beauty of God's creation. 
You know, even if you weren't born again and you were honest with yourself, you could drive down the coast of California or up the northern coast and around every turn you could be going, whoa, whoa, isn't that beautiful? Oh, God must have created this. You can go to a beach. I love to go to the beach and just listen to the waves crashing upon the shore. And it's like every time it just reminds me, my father God did this. My father God said to the Pacific Ocean, this is your border. You stop right here. Isn't it incredible when you think about it? When you stand on a beach, you know, when the high tide is, the waves will be a little bit different than at low tide. But there's boundaries of the ocean. God created the heavens and the earth and all that in them is. I don't believe in going out and worshiping redwood trees and all of that. You know, there's some people that get real flaky We used to call him up in Oregon. I have a cousin that lives up in Oregon. And we went to visit him one time. And we saw all these people. You know, it was like leftover hippies with the long hair. Really, hippies with long gray hair. And they're they're out. Yeah, they're hugging the redwood trees and all of that. And so I think it was my husband. He's like, Gary, what are those people out there? And he's like, well, you know, they're hippies from California that moved to Oregon. I don't know that, you know, the rebellion is over. So they were joking around and he came up with the title. He called them tree tards. It's kind of retarded out there hugging trees. But anyhow, some of you don't appreciate that. I thought it was good. Anyhow, so we don't go around hugging Trees or, or worshiping a, a mountain or a stone and saying that's God. No, but we can appreciate God's creation and we can see God in even the heavens and all that He has created. Amen. Then it goes on here. Let's look over at another. Oh, praise the Lord. Y'all done good still? Verse 31 of of Psalms, actually Psalms 31, verse 19 in the Amplified. Oh, how great is your Psalms 31, verse 19. I might not have written that down. Psalms 31, verse 19 in the Amplified. Just listen. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that Fear, revere, and worship you. Another thing, goodness. Goodness is laid up for those that will reverence and worship God. Is that you? Then lift your hands for a moment and just do that. Lord, we worship you. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for what you have laid up for us that love and worship you. Praise the Lord. Who take, this verse is saying, if you'll trust him, take refuge in him, worship him, and praise him with your whole heart. You'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In another Psalms, David said that. I would have fainted unless 
unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's people right now that are fainting in our nation. There are men and women, and the Bible talks about it, hearts failing them for fear when they see what's coming upon the world. Some people are just crazy afraid, and they don't need to be, but they are. Their hearts are fainting and fearful. But for you and I, as believers, we don't have to fall into that category because there's an unless. Unless... I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many of you believe that your future is bright? Hallelujah. Our future is bright because our God is bright. And he is the most high God. And he's not the author of trouble and distress. We've already pointed that out. He is the author of deliverance. One more psalm before we close. Psalms 34, verse 1. We read earlier passages of this. Psalms 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord. Do I have the wrong one? Psalms 34, 1. I thought it was. Okay, that top part, that's right. That's a little heading down at the bottom. I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be sad. No, be glad. Then there's, there's this O again. Can we just practice reading this last verse with this O? O. Do it again. Oh, do it again. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That sounds like the verse that we started out with. In everything, give thanks. Let us praise the Lord continually hallelujah what do you say we do that now let me just give you this i'm not quite done let me give you this (laughs) praise the lord (laughs) he even has my notes you should know i have another point This praise shall continually be in our mouth. I'm going to get you all out early anyway. It's 834. So let's look at this one last thing. We really are almost done. (laughs) Years ago, I don't even know where I got it, but I love this. And I want to pass it on to you in case some of you don't have this. It's an acrostic for the word praise. We just read, his praise shall continually be. B in my mouth. You know what an acrostic is? Where you take a letter and a word and you put something that means something. So for the letter P, we're spelling the word praise. The letter P stands for pushes back the 
enemy. Doesn't the Bible say praise stills the enemy? The letter R releases God's power. When we praise the Lord, pushes back the enemy and it releases God's power on the scene. The letter A, a little creative with this one, but the letter A gives us access to the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Letter I increases your capacity to receive from God. That's a good thing, isn't it? When you praise the Lord and you magnify the Lord, you know what happens on the inside of you? God's not going to get any bigger than he already is, but your spirit starts stretching and expanding and growing and it increases your capacity to receive From God, the letter S sustains you in tough times. You want to look up a scripture for that? It would be over in Habakkuk chapter 3, where the prophet goes through all these things that are coming against him. The cows aren't having calves. They don't like each other. And, you know, all these things are going on. And then he says, yet... It's bad if the cows don't like one another. You know what I'm saying. Yet, I will praise the Lord. So praise sustains you in tough times. And then E, it establishes and encourages your heart. When you praise the Lord, it will establish your heart in the fact God is God. It will cause you to be encouraged. You know, he's for you and he's not against you. Let's all stand as I read you this last scripture. Praise the Lord. You can stand now. (laughs) Yes. Praise is literally choosing to rejoice. Joyce Meyer says this, praise and be raised or complain and remain. Which one do you want? Complain and remain or praise and be raised. Amen. And then listen to this. Philippians 4, 4 in the Amplified. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Gladden yourselves in him. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that we can give you glory and we can give you honor. As an act of our will, we can choose to praise the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. We can deboso brenda la When we don't even know the words to say in our known language, we thank you that the Holy Ghost helps us to give thanks well. Glory. Glory be to God.